Welcome to Six Figure Trucker, the podcast where we share advice on how to be successful in trucking and have fun while doing so. We'll share stories, news, and advice on how to earn six figures in trucking, and we'll speak to guys and gals that are already doing so. Let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. We always like to talk about all things trucking, particularly in the driveway transport world. And tonight we have a very special guest. He is on the road, Hernandez Robinson. Hernandez has pulled over for safety purposes, and he is joining us now. Hernandez, how are you? I am awesome, John. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, doing great. Tell us where you are and where you're going. I am somewhere in... Illinois. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I'm on the way to Moreno Valley, California, and um, about, uh, I'm about 16, 70 miles outside of Chicago right now. Gotcha. Where'd you? Uh, 94, 94 West. Where did you pick up? I picked up in South Bend, Indiana. Gotcha. So just outside Ch- outside Chicago there. Now, you picked up just outside Chicago. You're heading to Moreno Valley. That's a long run, as you guys in the business call it. That's a fat one. Yes. <laughs> Tell me what you're pulling. I am pulling a world famous Amazon tractor. Are you decked tonight or are you uh, single? No, I'm single. And uh, I have the uh, pleasure of going 64 miles per hour for the next 27 hours of my life. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> a little, little touch of sarcasm there, I guess. Now, so you're in a, are you in a CNG truck? Yes, I, I'm, I'm in a CNG truck. This is probably my fourth CNG truck that I pulled and uh, still trying to get the hang I mean I do like them the, the gas mileage is beautiful it's still kind of high alert when you're fueling them but uh, overall I, I do like the ride is smooth and you know like I said the fuel mileage is great what type of truck is it that you're driving uh, Peterbilt Peterbilt I mean is it a cab and chassis or oh no day cab day cab day cab gotcha gotcha now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you're talking about you're regulated as far as how fast you can go with a CNG truck. Is that right? Correct. Now, you had touched on, and now we know from my past experiences, sometimes what is the what is it like out there in the world of drivers as far as there seems to be at least some apprehension to CNG from drivers until they get used to it? Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree. And it, it, it's, it really is an extra Add a layer of trip planning. You have to know where your fueling stations are, especially on a a fat run, quote unquote, like I'm on right now. It's not, you know, a, you know, six to eight hundred mile run where you can plan for just one on the way and then you fill up. So with this one, of course, I'll need to fill a few times, and uh, you have to have all that mapped out because with these, you know, the CNG fueling stations, they don't come, you know, a dime a dozen like regular truck stops or diesel parks. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's an Amazon truck, and we move a lot of Amazon trucks here at Norton Transport. And a lot of those are CNG. And one thing that we found in another trial run we did for another company, uh, cross-country CNG uh, trucks that got that were much heavier than what you're driving this evening. But as you had said, you got to lay out your route. And it's not just where the CNG stations are, but how what their hours of operation are. Yes, yes, definitely. And I ran into that as well. Thank goodness, a lot of them, the ones I pulled the most have been to a rally, North Carolina. And that final fueling station is 24 hours. It's probably one of the first ones ever invented. But 
it is 24 hours, so you know you have to give a little, take a little. But the hours of operation are extremely important. Like I said, these things, if they're not as frequent as regular fueling station, you have to uh, give yourself a lot of a lot of safety room as far as a few different options. And to add to CNG fueling, sometimes depending on the the temperature outside and just the fuel station, you may run into like some that are not operable at the moment. Mm. Um, so you have to make sure you give yourself like plenty of wiggle room to have a plan A, B, C, and D uh, when it comes to CNG trucks. At least I do anyway, because you know, you don't, last thing you want to do on the road is be stuck somewhere. Gotcha. I mean, that would be particularly troublesome with CNG, as you've laid out. I mean, you could break down, run out of fuel, be stuck somewhere. It's different with CNG than it is with diesel. It is. It's, it's not like you can have somebody, just any, you know, Tom, Dick, or Harry, bring you CNG. Your resources exactly. are limited. Exactly, exactly. Now, talk about the planning. Let's kind of drill down in the planning on the CNG side of it. When you, Do you drive a lot of CNG? You said that you've done four-load CNG? Yeah, I've done uh, about four. I think this is my fifth TNG that I'm doing right now. And it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, you did your homework on this. And, you know, there will be a lot of people, drive-away transport drivers, that will listen to this that may not have driven CNG. And, you know, there's a good side and I wouldn't say a bad side. You just got to do your homework and be prepared. What kind of things did you do to lay out your plan, A, B, C, D? The the first thing that I did is I have an app. Uh, it's the alternate fuel app, mm-hmm. and that's that's my most useful tool. So I have that there. You know, I look at you know my route. Uh, I'm a I'm a Google Maps type guy. Now, you know, you take Google uh, Google Maps over Apple Maps. I, yeah, it's just some Google Maps. Even though they kind of had me in some dead ends a time or two, I still have a trust form, and then I kind of plug and play at least two or three options in that's on my route to where I'm going. And I just have them built in, and, you know, like I said, I, the first two is where I had where I had to find out the hard way. Uh, really, the first one. The second one, I thought I was good to go, but I wasn't. But the first one, I treated it as if I was driving a diesel truck or underhead, uh, and I ran into issue after issue after issue. First two places I went to wasn't even business anymore. Third place I got to, the machine was down. So I went to a fourth place. When I went to the fourth place, I got there, and something was up for like EFS or something. So I had to go back to the third place. And by the time I got there, the guy, the technician was there. And he got up and running, and I'm pretty sure at that point I was literally on fumes um, because it, it was showing zero, <laughs> like zero point zero. Um, <laughs> That's uh, but uh, I, I did make it, it. You know, it worked out in my favor. Clean that. Well, you had the sun shining down on you on that one because CNG is definitely it's different from diesel. I mean, obviously you don't want to run out or get really low with diesel, but it's even worse the way I understand it with CNG. Now, it's not just the preparation, but uh, you've talked about some of the drilling down, the planning, get the route down, find the right stations, find the right time, what the hours of operation are. But the payoff, particularly when we're looking at uh, fuel prices now, C&G, generally speaking, is a lot cheaper. I know uh, Indiana area, 
about 276 a gallon. Uh, North Carolina, I think, is like 230 or something like that. So I'll find out sooner before later about the West Coast, Midwest, and West Coast prices. But it is cheaper, which is a beautiful thing, too. Um, I mean, you know, different parts of the country carry a bigger price than others. But overall, it is cheaper. Uh, but the one thing that, that I still... You know, try not to get too comfortable when I'm fueling them and still being super careful and making sure you have all, you know, uh, following. It. They, they give you a very, very clear layout process of hooking up and when to start this and when to stop that. And it's just something that I don't, I'm training myself never to get too comfortable because you don't want to, you know, have, do a step or be lackadaisical and, doing stuff because it is, you know, natural gas and you just want to be as careful as you can for yourself and people around you with other pumps. You got to stay sharp. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Now with CNG for uh, maybe for some drivers who hear this, who have not driven with CNG, it takes a little bit of time to fill up and depending upon the tank, the tank size and the type of tank that's taking the CNG in. Ex- explain how that, how long does it usually take you? I, I'm sure it depends upon how many tanks you got. It takes about, 25 to 30 minutes for, you know, for a fuel, for a full tank. And like I said before, depending on the, the pressures and the temperature, full is not always full, you know, especially on the gauges. So you can, the pressures you get to, I think is, I think it's 3,500 or 35,000 PSI, if I'm not mistaken. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but that's usually like full. And depending on, that, that takes about 30 minutes to go from, you know, empty the pool, mm-hmm. and just depending on how hot it is outside, you know, with with gas expands, uh, will be the tail of the tape on how much you get to get in that tank. Gotcha. How many tanks are on that truck you're driving this evening? There's one big tank on this one that I'm driving right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Hernandez Robinson joining us from the road just outside of Chicago on his way down to Southern California here on the Six Figure Trucker. Hernandez, we thank you so much for joining us this evening. We've talked a little bit about CNG, and we talked about the savings that you make at the pump or at the fill-in station for CNG. How would you say in your assessment, is it worth the payoff for what you save in CNG fueling versus diesel when you factor in everything you have to do with CNG as far as the homework, the planning? Is it worth it as far as, you know, saving the dollars? I would say yes. Yes, once you're, once you're used to it. When you're ingrained and, you, and you're learning it, it could become extremely frustrating. But if you are, if you're, Taking them to familiar places, and you have a, you know, you have a route that you like to go, and, and you, you have more familiarity. I would say extremely. Yeah, starting out, it can be kind of frustrating, just because of, like I said, you know, when you run into certain things, if you hadn't planned for those extra steps. But I will say overall that yes. Gotcha. I mean, I would imagine, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're on your fifth CNG load. You've probably started to get the tricks of the trade down on the CNG, and you know the paths, and it's starting to pay off Indeed. Yeah. Indeed, I am. Yeah, yeah. What would you say to other drivers? I mean, we've come across some drivers here at Norton Transport that are adverse to using CNG, but once they get on board, much like you, they're like, this is pretty good. I would tell them just to... Like any other trip planning you do, do your trip plan and trust yourself. I, I remember my, like I said, my very first CNG, I was like, 
once I was going through headaches, I was like, I will never touch another one. And now I look forward to them. Like I said, once you had your extra protective layers in for just for the fueling, anything outside of there, you know, you know, I know I, I, I jumped early about how slow they go. Um, but it's really, that that's not really a big deal. It keeps you in the safe lane and, you know, you put a get podcast on like, you know, six figure trucker or, you know, something easy to listen to and you just coast and you ride. But for any trucker that's apprehensive, you know, you just, it's like any other trip plan. It's just a couple extra steps only to ensure that you're not sitting on the side of the road somewhere helpless, you know, without the, without fuel. But for the most part, man, they, they are, it saves you. The, the, the extra steps it costs you in the beginning, it saves you on the back end because you are not stopping nowhere near as much as you would in a regular diesel tractor or vehicle. Well said, Hernandez. It saves you money in the long run, and that's money in the bank. And that's what we're here to talk about on the Six Figure Trucker. Hernandez Robinson joining us this evening here in mid-September. He is making his way from Chicago to Southern California. Now, how long does that run for you? About uh, three days? Uh, 30 hours. Yep, 30 days. hours. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. Now, are you a guy that drives in the day or the night? You mix it up. What's your pattern? Which one do you like to drive the most, the best? I, I mix it up, but for the most part, I prefer I prefer like 4 a.m. start times. That way, you know, you catch, you catch the world before it gets too busy and you get to utilize daylight. Just me personally, you know, I've you know, been driving uh, almost 10 years. And I like to be able to see what I'm doing and see what's going on around me. The night is a whole lot more, you know, peaceful. It's not as much traffic. Where once upon a time, with so much night traffic going on now, you know, you just never know what you're going to run into. But I like to see what's going on around me just for awareness. So I, I prefer, you know, early morning starts and, you know, tapering it off right in the evening. Gotcha, gotcha. What's that early morning line as far as the feel, the vibe? I mean, you talk about getting started at 4 o'clock in the morning. You're up before most people are out on the road. Obviously, you got the advantage of the roads more open. For me, I think that's the best time of the day. I love that time of the day, man. You know, you get up and uh, with me, I try to, you know, push out more upbeat on and kind of get my, my juices flowing. And, and I'm not a coffee drinker, you know, so... You know, it kind of, I put something on, you know, to kind of get me going. And it, that, that's a variety of things. Like I said, sometimes just, you know, listening to, uh, you know, a podcast or something that I'm interested in or or music or, or a lot of times it's just in, in silence and prayer. You know what I'm saying? You're catching the sun that is coming up and you, you get to see a lot of things evolve. And for me personally, it, it takes your mind off like time. So if you have like a, a 10 hour run or whatever, you know, those first couple hours go by so fast, but you had a regular day by the time the sun comes up, kind of get to like cleanse your mind and just everything that's going on inside of you for those couple hours, you know, while it's dark and then you see it gradually turn today. For me, it's just a real peaceful time, man, to, uh, to get the day going and it, it sets the tone, you know, you know, by the time 6, 7 a.m. come up, you know, your, your family, you know, you start you get to take a break and check on, you know, what's going on at home to make sure everybody got their day going well and stuff like that. Uh, you are already fully awake and aware, so you're more sharper. And I think for my wife and kids, it kind of helps them because I'm calling them more upbeat. I'm not like, hey, what are you doing? You know, it's more of a alarm clock for them as well. So I look forward to the early morning starts. 
Hernandez Robinson here on the Six Figure Trucker, brought to you by Norton Transport. You were talking about those, I guess, those first three hours. That's really time you get to spend that brings you into that sense of calmness before, you know, nobody out there really knows what the day's going to bring to them. But is that good time for you to set that position right in your mind and your soul? Definitely. It, it is. Like, you know, like you just said, you know, you never know what the day holds, but it gives you a, it gives you a really, really great opportunity to dictate how you're going to handle the day. Right. So of course, you know, we, we don't, we're not the most respected people on the road. People, you know, like to cut us off and they, they're not patient with that as far as with our speed and stuff at times. So for me, those hours of being prepared while not as busy, helps me out a whole lot with my attitude toward the road, you know? So mm-hmm. things that I may see at two o'clock in the day, I've already mainly prepared myself. A lot of times I can laugh now, but you know, before I've trained myself to get the demeanor and the, the calmness that I have now in trucking, you know, I, it was, it was different results. It was kind of like a lot of gelling matches inside the truck with myself from what the person in front of me did when they cut me off. But now it's, the process it is so much different, John, to be honest. It's more comical at this point, you know, to see somebody cut you off because you've already built in the, the following distance. You already built, like, their mistakes into your day before you even see them happen. It's like a calm before the storm, you know, for lack of better words, but it does give me a chance to already premeditate certain things that could happen for the day. Gotcha. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're, you're striking me as a pretty chill guy, and you're not going to let that bother you. Somebody cuts you off, it's like you're just going to let it roll off your back. You have to. You, you have to uh, if you want to keep your blood pressure at a, a decent level. And, and the things that you can't control, you, you can only control you know, the machine you operate in and uh, try to protect the space around you as much as you possibly can. Of course, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, we see crazy stuff and stories every day but at least you have a chance to be somewhat prepared and give yourself a, that extra half a second to uh, react versus just rolling out of bed and getting going and you know you you kind of caught up in the mix of everything that's going on gotcha now if i heard you correctly you do not drink coffee i don't i don't i probably I, i've contemplated i tried i've been i've been few years and I, i've tried numerous times but it's just been <laughs> Doesn't do it for you? It doesn't work out. It don't. It don't. What about energy drinks? Do you do any of the energy drinks? I stay away from I, I don't like the the jittery feeling or the Red Bulls, the Monsters, and stuff like that. You know, I don't. I, I like to feel natural. So I, the way I wake up is the way I like to go to sleep. And in between throughout my day, I like to keep that 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 calm wave going. I don't, you know, I don't like to get too high. I don't like to get too low. And, and for me, the best thing for me when I do get restless is just to pull over and take, you know, a minute, you know, I'll set a 30 minute time or hour timer. Just to reset, depending on where I'm at in the country, you know, if I'm somewhere where it may look a little interesting, I'll pull over and, you know, walk through a shopping center or something, or maybe find some souvenir that I can take home, you know, for the family or something. But this, that, that does me better than the energy drinks or the coffee and stuff like that based off, you know, the way my body is wired. But I have gave the the coffee numerous chances, I'll help. And the energy drinks, I just absolutely hate the way they make me feel. 
Gotcha. Not for you. Not for you. I mean, they're not for everybody, and that's that's, exactly. how, that's respectable right there. Now, you had mentioned just a couple of seconds ago there about, you know, when you're easing your way into the day, you're already alert. When the rest of the world's waking up, you're a, kind of ahead of the game there for the crazy stuff you may see. Walk us down the road, Hernandez, of some of the craziest stuff you have seen in your, what is it, 10 years on the road? Yes. Oh, man. The craziest was definitely in Texas. I think it was Laredo. And this was maybe year one of driving. It was a feather truck pulling a double trailer. And he was literally hanging off of the overpass. Oh, my goodness. Um, how he got that way, I have no clue. But that's something that, of course, I, you know, captured a picture of it. And it's kind of kind of like a test-in reminder of just uh, – what you want to do at the end of the day and that's, you know, wake up, go to sleep the same way you woke up, you know, safe and healthy and, or if it's the day that you're going to make it home, you know, I, I value that extremely high as far as making it back home. So that was definitely the craziest. What what part of the country was that in? That was Laredo, Texas. Laredo, you said, okay, Laredo. Now, was he in the cab or the driver in the cab when you came through? When I came through, there was just emergency. They were, you know, trying to clean up. I don't think the driver, I don't think the driver was, in, they actually had the cab covered up. So that's why I don't know if it was deadly or not. But it, it, it was covered up to suggest that it wasn't all that good of an outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely the craziest. Uh, I've seen a, a, a tractor on 95 towards like Charleston, South Carolina that was in the wood on fire. And I mean, the truck was on fire. The trees were on fire. Um, I don't think that one turned out too well either. And that was that, that was that night. And you know what? I was just, you know, had leaves you with the million dollar question of like, what happened? You know, did they fall asleep or were they on their phone? Or, you know what I'm saying? Just like the, did they get ran off the road? You know, it's not always driving bad negligent, but yeah, I have seen like just some, crazy things with others drivers and even with myself you know it's i've I've experienced some some rather interesting things does that resonate with you when you see stuff like the fedex double trailer hanging over the overpass and the truck that you just described that was on fire does your i mean does that hit you right there it's like you know that could be me oh of course it has to but i don't don't think i'm any different than whoever that was you know and and i'm one thing I can, I'm sure I can guarantee, you know, you and anyone listening to this, is whoever that was been planned on that happening when they woke up that day. So it definitely resonates, you know, super intimately because you just, you know, whatever they did or didn't do could definitely be any of us that are doing the same job. And you kind of touched about it indirectly there about starting off early in the morning, getting your mind right getting your energy right, getting your vibe right before you hit the road there. When you take all that into perspective there, what do you think about when you set off on, like, let's say the run you're on now, a three-day run? What kind of things go through Hernandez's mind? My, my wife and my kids, you know, my, my family, everything that's important to me is the first thing, you know, and, and getting right, you know, within career and within yourself because it's, it's the thing, those are the things the big things, but the small things that kind of like wake you up when you feel, you know, like, okay, I'm getting kind of tired, you know, so I'm not going to be selfish and think about myself and try to drive this extra 
30 minutes or an hour, you know, I'm going to go ahead and find the safest place to pull over now. So those are the things for me that keep me it's kind of, but that goes, that's part of my pre-planning. So, you know, for instance, for this trip, this long one today, you know, I started out with a, a FaceTime, you know, just to kind of, you know, see the faces that are important and the whole near and dear. And that, that is, you know, more than, that's worth more than the 30 hours that I'll have to drive this trip. And it's a constant reminder of being on your P's and Q's and, you know, not taking the small stuff for granted on the road that could cost you or someone else their life. How many, you've got, you've got more than one child. You got a few of them, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I have, uh, I, I got a starting five plus a reserve. I have six, three boys, three girls. Split right down the middle, 50-50. Yeah, 50, 50, three years old, four years old, 13, 16, 18, and 19. That could bring you a range of experiences there. You were talking about the FaceTime. Who do you FaceTime with (laughs) and who do you FaceTime with the most? My wife and the the three-year-old and the four-year-old. The other ones are too cool to FaceTime with dad. Yeah, Um, they don't want to hang out with dad then. No, no, no. I'm I'm the least coolest person until it sounds for like money or something. But but my wife, you know, she's always, you know, I was around, you know, for near the two or three time and then with the with the two younger kids. And uh, you know, we, we try to on long words, you know, we try to do it a couple times a day just to you know to just make it feel more like at home instead of a super over the road driver. Gotcha. What does a three year old, a four year old talk to dad about FaceTiming when you're in one of those big trucks? <laughs> Yeah, about candy or, or, or what they want that they probably saw on like YouTube or stuff. If it, it, them tattletelling that involved in it, you know, it's just a, a, a very wide range of um, of things that you know they don't have a care in the world that they that the real world has that will start existing yet. So that that brings you joy too, and kind of it's like an extra little energy drink or cup of coffee in itself. Because after that, you know, you you have no choice but to kind of wake up a little bit and. And uh, you know, finish the task. A lot to be learned from that, from the wisdom of uh, children. There, not to be worried about it. Definitely. Now, give us the ages on the boys and the ages on the girls. There, what as far as they stair step up? From youngest to oldest, uh, three year old girl, four year old girl. So three year old girl Erin, four year old girl Erica, and oldest is also a girl, and that's Ariane. She's nineteen, and then my boys. Our youngest to oldest, 13, Andreas, 16, Torrance, and 18, Hernandez, Jr. Gotcha. Now, do any of those boys or any of those girls, do they want to follow in Dad's footsteps and get behind the wheel no, of the big truck? No, absolutely not, John. I mean, not to my knowledge, as of right now. <laughs> well, the, the two oldest have graduated high school, and, and they're, you know, they, they all are well-behaved and well-managed here. And then, so the two oldest have graduated for the past two years, 2021, 2022. And Hernandez Jr., um, my daughter, the oldest, she works. She graduated from an early college program, so she graduated with an associate in her diploma. And she works, and she'll start that school for teaching in January and my oldest son, and that there is junior, he's in college, and I wanted to gift him this this past summer for a graduation gift uh, to send him to get a CDL. And you know, like I told him, I said, "Hey, man, you can have them. And you have something in your pocket that's a career, not a job. Right. And any time in life, you know, it's recession proof. You can always go to that 
And like most 18 year olds, they think they know everything. Your parents know that you was like, well, girl, I don't want to do, you know. So I said, okay, we'll try this other thing that you're talking about, which is college, which I'm not again. <laughs> but if you're not, if you don't have scholarships, if you're not going for free, uh, you know, it's, it's some debt that you can accumulate that you really have to be dedicated. And these things to be focused and locked in so far. I've only been, you know, a, a month and a half of school. So I hope he stays encouraged and hardworking and, you know, that's the path that he wants to take. I'll, I'll encourage him, you know, as much as I can, but the longer the short of the answer, none of them seems interested at all. The younger girls, they like to see the, <laughs> they like to see the truck. So, oh, daddy, you and this, yeah, you know, but probably in the next couple of years, that'll wear off and they'll be bored with it. Like, their oldest sibling. <laughs> now, from your standpoint, where your oldest son, Hernandez Jr. there, did you want to see him follow in your footsteps, or do you? are you more like, I'm going to support him, whatever he does? You know what? It would have been nice, and I, I kind of took it personally at first. Like, his senior year of high school, you know, trying to kind of plant seeds and water them, maybe I Maybe I flooded the land or something when I was trying to water the seeds because uh, I, I may have wanted way more than clearly he did because he wanted it all. But it would have it would have been nice, especially you know something like drive away, you know, like the Norton bet. It's one of the, I, I've done a lot of different avenues uh, in driving since I had my CDLs, and this is by far the most laid back. I don't want to use the word easy because it is hard work that goes into it, but something that you could do that the stress levels are not super high. And, and I did want to see that for him. Not, not to say that the path that he's taken, you know, won't present the same luxuries and be just as laid back, but I really did want to see him go in the direction um, because, you know, my I'm, the family that I was brought in, you know, from my grandfather and, you know, a lot of relatives have been truck drivers and are truck drivers currently. So I did want to see that as far as my lineage, my, my boy, pick up the, you know, CDL and run with it as well. Hernandez Robinson joining us here on the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. You were talking there a little bit, not to toot our own horn, but you were talking about it's not so, I mean, it's hard work, but you don't want to get too stressed down. And, you know, you kind of strike me as a guy that sets your own vibe, sets your own pattern, lets, you know, the prayer life and the get in tune with what's going on in the day. And how does that couple up with what you do here at Norton as far as the attitude that we try to give to our drivers and the try to, I guess, the kind of support we give to our drivers to let them, you know, set their own course? Well, it, it, it aligns really well, especially with communication. You know, fortunately for me, my dispatcher, Jessica Albert, you know, we, you know, we, we're pretty transparent with one another. So as far as pickup dates and deliver dates, you know, we try to be dead on with them. And the same thing, you know, this is life. So sometimes things may change, whether it's on my end as the driver or the the customer that you're picking up from. So as far as with my personal experience with Norton and the day-to-day, you know, me, my dispatcher and myself, we always, you know, try to be on the same page. And that way it, it prevents the little pop-up fires that, that occasionally come, you know, but they don't happen as much and we already 
know, have a rapport on. She knows how I like to run. And it's not really, it's not really like a, a, a super big check-in. And I, I assume and I hope my assumption is not correct that she just because of the trust that's already there. It's not like, you know, well, where the hell is it at or why, you know. So, you know, we touch bases in the beginning and if anything changes, you know, we touch bases with one another. Uh, but for the most part, it's real smooth sailing. You know, uh, we love Jessica here, and she uh, she works really well with the drivers. And we've had actually in a separate podcast, uh, probably about a year ago, one of the drivers referred to the relationship, and he was talking about Jessica in this particular case as a Tom Brady to Gronk kind of relationship. <laughs> right, right. I don't know if you're oh, a football yeah. guy, if you're a, a, a fan. I am. Oh yeah. Do you see that kind of parallel as far as the relationship between you and your dispatcher? Oh yeah, it, it, it's super. It's super important, and it has to be somewhat personable to where you know because we're human, and, and when you're human, uh, no day is the same as you know the previous. So you you have to know that the person on the other end of the phone, or the, the person that you have to you know have interactions with, they may not be going this way, or maybe going that way, and. To learn like a person's like habits or what time, you know, I don't, you know, for, for me and my relationship with Jessica, I always, you know, try to wait to about, you know, 8.30 at 9 o'clock in the morning just to give her a chance to get filled in. Because like most, most of the time, I know she's super busy and I don't like to bombard. So, you know, it's like, you know, knowing your personnel, you know, like in sports, anything else, I, most of the time, it's just like to shoot a tip, you know, even if it's, like not me wanting anything, you know, hey, good morning, Jeff, X, Y, B, you know, what's going on. And then that, that may be all the communication for the day, but it's super important to have that relationship established, kind of no tendencies on both ends. And it's helped us so far. You know, like I said, I really do feel that it's a building trust that we've evolved to at this point, and uh, you just want to keep it going. You know, being a sports fan and what you've laid out there as far as the trust and the relationship – being on the same page, kind of making the sports analogy, it's like you're the quarterback or or maybe you're the receiver, she's the quarterback, you're the receiver. How important is it to complete the pass to make that work as far as it relates to driveway transport and everything that's entailed within it? I mean, that kind of communication and, you know, back and forth between you and the dispatcher. It's the most important thing to complete the pass. An incomplete pass is a fail, you know. You want to – you better have some of those naturally, but you want as few of them as you can possibly have, of course. So completing the pass and, you know, um, making each other look good, you know, because I know on her end, she, you know, have account managers and different people on her end that she don't want to be chewed out for something that she's, like, not fully control, in control of. Because once you dispatch the load out, you really are, you can't, you're not, in the truck, so if somebody, you know, not performing and doing what they're supposed to do on that end can be a reflection of you. It's super hard. Like I said, I, I did uh, do operations for a while, briefly when I got out of the truck, so I can empathize and, and super relate to how that part of the business is. So I know how important it is, so, you know, once you have, once you're under a load and you know, both parties say, okay, this is what it is that you stick to that blueprint as best as you possibly just to keep, you know, things cope stake on both levels. 
Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Hernandez Robinson joining us here on the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. Hernandez, talk about, for somebody who may listen to this on the podcast there and they hear it, what would you say, what's your best advice to a driver coming on board, let's say a new driver or maybe somebody coming from another company, as far as how would you approach that relationship you build with your dispatcher? I I mean, it's a two-way street. You know, well, the best advice I could give is to be a person of your word. I think that's the very, very ground base. And, of course, respect when you're communicating and you're talking to a person, you know. Especially, you know, for me, I'm the type of person where our first uh, interaction for the day, you know, I want to say, you know, hey, how are you? You know, good morning or good afternoon. You know, how are you doing? Just, just to make a person feel like they're human and to be, you know, personable. Like I said, you never know what a person's going through in that moment. So, Taking that time out to, you know, first break the ice with, you know, a very, very, you know, human element that's super important and ask the person how they're doing and, you know, hey, call them by their name. You know, make it feel personal. And then after that, whatever it is that the get the hand is, you know, just trying to be a person of your word and stick to that as best as you possibly can. And that that would be the advice, you know, the best way to deal with that rapport is just the, the, the initial trust, you know, when you start like not making pickups or, or you know, and, but and things do happen, you know. So I don't want to not sound, and they've happened on my end, you know. And Jessica will be the first person to tell you that, you know, there's been times where, you know, it's like, unfortunately, in this day of time with us and, and driving and traveling, a flight might get canceled, or you know, you may take a load and you find out that the place that you're going doesn't have Ubers or the cabs may be $200 you know, for 50 miles. And you realize that that may not be the one for you. But of course, you know, you try to make those few and far between, but just starting out a good rapport and being a person of your word is the best thing that I could advise anyone coming on to us to encourage them as far as with the relationship uh, within the company and definitely what you're dispatching. You made some really good points there, you know, talking about some real issues, real challenges out there in driveway transport, uh, flights and rental cars. I mean, rental cars are really tough to come by these days when you need them, oh, yeah. and depending upon your location. And, you know, that's bread and butter of our business. We depend upon them. How do you manage that? I mean, I mean obviously, I think anybody who's listened to this knows that Hernandez Robinson's got a very even keel temperament. You kind of roll with the punches, let it go off your back. But, you know, let's say you're you're headed to Southern California, as you are now, and there's not a rental for you for the next next location or your next pickup, and you're, you're kind of stuck. I mean, which happens particularly when you go to remote locations. How well, do you deal with that? The, the first thing I do is I have to, uh, whenever those times happen, like I said, they don't happen every week, but they do happen. And the first thing I do is like take a deep breath and remind myself, uh, the things that I can't control, right? So, you know, you get somewhere and the rental falls through or the flight. Once it's out of your control, it's on the plan B. You can't get hung up in the moment too much. You know, of course, take take the time, soak in it, and then move out of it as quick as you possibly can to the next best solution because clearly that solution is not going to get you to the next spot or home or whatever it is that, that, that was planned to do after that. So, you know, definitely soaking in because it's a learning experience. So you, you soak it in and you say, okay, if I, if I'm never back here, 
what would I do different? And then after you recognize that, you re- you have to come up with a plan that's going to get you out of that same spot. So you really, you know, for me, I don't ever feel in the in the moment too long. Now, don't get me wrong; it don't it don't stop you from being pissed off. Sure, you know, but you're a human. Um, <laughs> You hear me? Yeah. So you, you you do go through that emotion, but you can give yourself, you know, that moment to go through that emotion, and then you have to, you know, be super proactive on what you're gonna do to remove yourself from that situation. And it's drive away, man. Drive away and trucking is super unpredictable. You may, you know, it's been times where I've been stuck in, you know, the middle of Tennessee for hours. I'm just wondering how in the hell am I gonna get you know, to the next spot. And, and things always work out. But it's, it, it's just the nature of the beast. And, you know, some things are just unforeseen no matter how much planning you do. If you're joining us here on the Six Figure Trucker, you're listening to Hernandez Robinson, one of our drivers here. He's been on the road for 10 years. He's giving some, he's doling out some great advice here for anyone thinking about coming into the business or even for people who've been in the business about his attitude about approaching it. And when things come up that you can't control, you know, there's no reason to stress out about it. And what would you say to someone who may be considering this, as we talked about, where you'd kind of thrown it out to your son earlier when he was, I guess, about the age of graduating from high school? What would you say to people who may be in, in that time frame in their life, that season of their life, or maybe a little later, or maybe in some job change, maybe looking for something different? What would your advice be to people as far as what relates to drive-away transportation, drive-away trucking? Well, a person that's self-driven and want to do something where you feel that you have the, the freedom and the the, depend, the independency to kind of, you know, call your own shots and, and kind of do things at your own pace that you can be well compensated for, I would encourage, um, you know, drive away and, and a company like Norton. It's, it's super... I think it's so underrated and when, when you meet people you know i mean you know tons of people all across the united states and uh from uber drivers or just if you're grabbing a bike or just you know in a parking lot or whatever you know you, you meet tons of different people and people jaws get on the ground when you tell them about like what you do you know the injury industry even though we have like a fair share of people doing it, it's still so untapped. And, you know, I always encourage people, like, you know, be, I definitely think you have to be self-driven because, you know, you don't just have people blowing your phone up every day saying, hey, hey, this has to go here, this has to go there, big time. So if you have, you know, if you have a, a, a engine that you can self-start within yourself, like drive away in a company like Norton, you got some, you know, because everything's at your fingertips. You know, you, you go on, you do your research you know, as far as, this is going here and that's going there. What kind of unit it is. And, you know, certain certain, certain of us, we like to stay away from certain units. I mean, because everything ain't for everyone. But if you have that self-start and you want to, you know, kind of feel the independency or, you know, working, you know, somewhat for yourself, it's, it's great, man. You know, I, I would always encourage him, which is why I try to encourage my son to kind of tap into this lane. And at 18, you never know. You know, he don't, you know, you're still learning yourself at that young of an age. So sure. it may be something that he revisits, you know, at another point in life. But for someone that's, you know, looking for a different career change, and I've met those people, man, that, you know, started, was doing something totally different, not even driving, and now they're, you know, driveway drivers. Matter of fact, my barber, 
he he was cutting hair, and now he's a driver. So <laughs> hey, we've seen so, all you know, times. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super beneficial for for those of us that is for. You know, we don't force dispatch here at Norton, but we do like to find a synergy with our drivers. And you were talking about driveway and how it can be profitable. What's it done for you here on the Six Figure Trucker? What's it done for you, uh, Hernandez? It, it has definitely provided comfort for my life and my lifestyle. You know, I'm a man that likes nice things. And, you know, um, I, I have I have a family that, you know, likes my thing. You know, I mentioned I have, you know, six kids. So, you know, you don't take care of them by, you know, just looking at, at the sky and waiting on money to fall from it. But, you know, having having a kid in college and, you know, that that's a struggle that that's a, a weekly to a couple times a week struggle of, you know, needing this and needing that. So it definitely provides the the financial and, you know, monetary thing that, you know, that you like different little, you know, trips or like my wife's my wife's birthday is next week and being able to do a nice thing for her as far as the monetary aspect of it. But other, but it's also provided like a super peace of mind as well for me. I try to set my weeks up for like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that, since we do have young kids, you know, I try to have Monday and Friday, which of course there's an exception to every rule because it's Friday and I'm on the way to California. But I try to, we try to have our, you know, household set up to where I can be home that Monday and Friday to, you know, navigate the things. My wife's a school teacher for her, you know, longer days and stuff like that. So the the money is great, but it also provides a, a peace of mind and a luxury kind of setting that schedule in your, your work week to where it, you know, really fits what you have going on within your own personal life. Gotcha, gotcha. How do you navigate that? You kind of touched on it. You like Wednesday, Thursday, or, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But how do you navigate that as far as like, okay, this is going to be X amount of hours on the road. This is going to be X amount of hours with the family. How do you negotiate that or navigate that? It's just, communi- it's just communication. It's, it's communication on the home front on, you know, what what the weekend look like. And, you know, if there's certain words I see on there that, like, I can't too good to pass up, you know, I hey, sweetheart, you know, you know, what do you think about this? And if there's like, you know, clearly like today, you know, today's Friday, I'll be gone through a weekend, won't be back home till, you know, Monday evening. You communicate, you know, and full transparency and you find whatever options you can work out that you wouldn't normally have to resort to if you were at home. So fortunately for us, we have a great support system and we have, you know, uh, you know my mother-in-law and, you know, a lot of great people that we can lean on when, uh, you know, our older kids, <laughs> um, when, when, you know, I have to be out a little, you know, on days that we hadn't specifically planned on me being out. But, you know, this is life. Life is about on-the-fly adjustments, and we have to make them sometime. But, you know, as far as for, you know, myself and, and the way that, you know, my family, we do it. We just look at what's what's best. You know, of course, you don't want to let a good opportunity and good money for a great random pass you buy because you're setting your way with X amount of days, you know. So, you know, sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone and, and uh, just move and what's relative and what really makes the most sense for your situation. Right. It's a dance. It's a balancing act. <laughs> of course. 
Yeah, Hernandez Robinson joining us here on the Six Figure Trucker, brought to you by Norton Transport. Wanted to ask you about the Robinson family vacations. Now, you talked about obviously family is important to you. You have six children spread between, I think, what, three and 19? Is that right? Yes, correct. Now, do you guys take vacations all together, or are the upper half of the siblings there, the children, do they not go with you anymore? How does that work out? You, you know, that, that, that's a funny uh, question. I'm glad you had. But so two weeks ago, we took a vacation, you know, the end of the summer, and then my four-year-old just started school. So and I've been promising her all summer, you know, that I was going to get her to the beach before school started where I, I was, I was a week late, but we still got there. So the, the conversation went, um, we were calling the older kids and asking them, you know, okay, Hey, we're going to the beach, you know, this day, who I was going. And I love the older kid said they didn't want to go. <laughs> and, you know, so my daughter, you know, I guess being like elder statesman of the crew, she was like, well, Dad, you know, we really didn't want to hurt y'all feelings, um, <laughs> you know, but but I told her, I was like, well, I didn't want to hurt y'all feelings. That's why I offered for y'all to go, but I didn't, it, my feelings ain't hurt because it's going to save me a lot of money for y'all <laughs> right. not to go, you know. So so the, the wife and I and, and the three or four-year-old, we went and we had a really, really good time, um, and the, the bill was a lot, you know, less than what it would have sure. been. And so, you know, it, it's, it's it's, it's definitely something to get used to uh, when your kids grow up. And I don't know if you can relate, but it's when you, when they start turning that corner of independency and the things that, you know, that they used to find like, super exciting, they, they just really don't care too much about for it. But. Yeah, dad's not cool anymore. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. You guys were able to have that trip, and it was, you know, save you a little bit of money. But this is not going to drop for a little bit. You can go ahead and tell us. You said your wife's birthday is next week? Next week. Next week. I mean, she won't hear this before the birthday happens. You got something special okay. planned for? Got something special planned for? Yes, yes, yes. We are We're going to a uh, concert in Columbia, South Carolina, which is, I live in Charlotte. So it's about a about an hour and twenty minutes to drive from our home. So it's we're going to a old school R and B concert, and after the concert, you know, I have a well. Before we get to the concert, I have a hotel room for us. Oh, nice! So we'll check in. We'll check in on Saturday, uh, you know, afternoon, and kind of relax and. Uh, Hernandez you know, doing it together. upright with the wife, doing it upright. You try to man. You got to. You got to keep. You got to keep those ladies happy. Uh, Absolutely. You know, what do you say? Happy life, happy wife, and, and, and mama's happy. Everybody's happy. <laughs> it definitely, definitely. So, definitely wander down there, and then you know we're just gonna enjoy ourselves. You know, kids. When you have you know younger kids, and it, whenever you can't get away and let your hair down, you have to do it, and you have to do it with. You know, on purpose with full intention just to have a super good time and everything else is gonna still be waiting on you when you get home. So, you know, next weekend, you know, we'll have a, a super great time and uh you know, we'll we'll enjoy it and you know, I've learned a long time ago, I've been married for five years, it ain't about me. So on these days and any other day I just try to be a you know, team player and, and go at the flow. But next weekend I definitely plan on, you know, making it all about her. Good deal, good deal. Who's the R and B act you're going to see? We're going to see Jodeci and Jagged Edge. It's called Jodeci and Friends. So the R and B group Jodeci, they're from uh, Charlotte, and they uh, have sold a lot of a lot of records, you know, worldwide. And you know, they um, we both came to a 
a mutual commitment that they're not what they used to be, but we love a lot of their music. So we'll still get to go and sing along, even if they're old and washed up. You know, we'll still have us a good time. Go. We, we won't have the kids, you know, kind of interrupting us. So that's going to be the great thing. Yeah. Long-time <laughs> fans here. Hernandez Robinson joining us here on the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. Wanted to kind of wrap it up here, but, you know, we talked a little bit about the analogies to football, and uh, we know you're from Charlotte. What do you think about the Baker Mayfield acquisition? Okay, so this, this is kind of weird, but I'm from Charlotte, but I'm not a Panthers fan. I'm actually a Tennessee Titans fan. I was a Snorlet fan with Eddie George and Stephen there, so okay. I had to throw it out there first. But as far as Baker goes, I think it could be good. I mean, it's definitely bringing the Panthers some attention and energy. You know, uh, I, that was a super heartbreaking loss last week. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, kind of some calls that maybe shouldn't have been called were called and some that should have been called weren't called. But I do, <laughs> I'm kind of like abstract to certain things. So I like Baker because he is definitely different. He, you know, marching to the beat of his own drum and, you know, sometimes you do need that. I think you just kind of, you know, you sometimes you outgrow a place and it's time to move on. And I, you know, I think that may have Charlotte. But I think he'll, I think he'll do good things in, um, in Carolina. And, you know, they're the home team. So I, I definitely wish him the best. Gotcha. Speaking of the Carolinas, we're going to wrap it up here with an Hernandez Robinson here on the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. Hernandez, we thank you so much for joining us. It's guys like you who make a difference in the driveway transport uh, industry in the world there, and we certainly appreciate you joining us this evening. And uh, be safe out there on your run from Chicago down to Southern California. Definitely. Thank you. I had a blast. Absolutely. Right back at you, Hernandez. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time on the Six Figure Trucker. Six Figure Trucker is brought to you by Norton Transport. Norton Transport is a drive-away trucking company that customers can rely on. It offers excellent independent contract driving opportunities to professional, courteous, and qualified drivers that can provide the kind of service we deliver. If you're interested in learning more about Norton or just want to subscribe to the show, check out 6-figuretrucker.com. That's 6-figuretrucker.com.